Howdy! Welcome to Girl About The Yard Chats. I'm Verena, or Girl About The Yard. I'm a lover of Marmite, Earl Grey Tea, and French radio shows. This is a podcast where I chat about topics that intrigue me, or simply to guests about how they go about their lives and where their passions lie. I welcome you to the chats I would have over a dinner party if we could all be in the same space. Thank you for listening. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's Girl About the Yard Chats 2. Today I have the pleasure of chatting to Evie from Evie Lewis Photography, who is a country lifestyle and equine photographer based in Suffolk. Evie and I have had the luxury of spending many an hour brainstorming life and business uh, back in the day when Evie was in Falmouth Uni. Evie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, So let's start with, tell us how you got to where you are now as being a business owner of Evie Lewis Photography. Gosh, that just sounds so posh. (laughs) So when I started all of this jazz, I was probably 16, 17, did my A-levels, basically failed biology completely epically. I think I got a one question right in my whole paper. And I thought, oh, crikey, I'm going to need to find a different life plan here. I'd taken up photography A-level and I just loved it. It was my creative outlet. That's probably why I failed my biology A-level because I was so taken with photography. And it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's horses. It's photography. These are two things I love. I adore I'm going to do this and from probably about age 17 that's when I really started shooting um I just knew that was exactly what I wanted to do pursued it all the way through uni um ran the business alongside uni and here we are two years out of uni um and I started full-time in October was the buzz for being an equine photographer always there or was it did you have to niche down to go into equine photography and country lifestyle Oh no, the buzz for equine photography was always there. Always there. I don't know if you saw my reel I did the other day where it, um, you know, the song that goes, bongo cha, bongo cha cha cha. I did it where my teachers were like, Evie, I think you should try portrait photography, landscape photography, anything that isn't horses. And I was like, no, horses <laughs> <laughs> for me. <laughs> and they always say, don't work with animals or children. And you're like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Yeah, I'll give you both. I've got the patience of a saint. <laughs> your usp yeah that's it and that's what i'm gonna do patience of a saying that's gonna be my mission statement <laughs> did you start off with the same camera you've got now no i didn't no i started off with a nikon d3 200 um which is like a you're shaking your head at me it's like um a beginner's level dslr uh which i took to photograph my own horse, I had a horse called Hammy at the time. And I remember taking the first shot, seeing the blurred background, just being like, oh, oh, I am a professional. Did all my A-levels with that. And then when, once I went to uni, I was like, do you know what? I think I need a professional camera. And I used my last paycheck from John Lewis, because I used to work at Waitrose, used my staff discount. And that's what I like spunked all my money on was buying my camera and lens in fact the majority of the money that I sold my horse with as well went on the camera and how many cameras have you had are you still a Nikon gal Uh, no I've moved to Sony now so I've had three 
um and i am i'm very much in the sony camp it's a mirrorless uh it's just it's just it's just a little bit of beauty you know do you think your photography style has changed i mean can it change oh massively oh god yeah i think a style can change from day to day i think uh, when i first started it was a bit obviously a bit hit and miss and i think to anybody that ever is thinking about you going to uni to do a photography degree or a creative arts degree I would say to do it because you get three years to just solidly hone in and practice your style. Um, You know, I would not be the photographer I am today had I not had three years to literally experiment, you know, try all different things, different cameras, different shooting styles, different editing until I sort of settled into what I was. Um, I think at the start of 2020, the style switched up again and it went from being very soft to a little bit grittier still shooting into the sun um, but really honing in on that skill and practicing it your editing style which has that very golden hour vibe romantic uh mm-hmm. golden i was going to say yellow but that's probably an insult golden it is golden <laughs> is that is that a work in progress as well is that a result of your three years that's probably a result of my three years massively um And I think that that's really influenced by what I love as a photographer and what I love as a person. Like I love nothing more than to sit and watch the sun go down. And whether that, I think for me, it's a massive like cleansing of my mind. I just chill. And for me, it's the most beautiful time of the day. So I'm like, let's take the most beautiful light I can find, find some horses, bring in all things that bring me joy all in one go. You know, I have a golden hour shoot and um, I've come home before in the pitch black because I'm it's out till sunset. And um, Lewis has sort of looked at me like, are you, are you OK? And I'm like buzzing because the light's been beautiful. The horse has been beautiful and it's all just come together. And it's in that moment that I'm like, God, like this is what I'm meant to be doing. Would you say that getting a a photo shoot of you and your horse is a sign of vanity or is it a sign of wanting to make memories or what would you describe it as? Well, it's so, I think that is such an interesting question. Um, One, I think it's moving away from being a vanity thing and it's totally a thing of memories. Um, I think having gone through losing a horse myself of which I only have photos taken on what feels like a brick um, you can sort of see there's a horse and a person you couldn't tell it's me um, I wish I'd had those photos of him um, so I think a lot of it is memories but having a photo taken is a seriously American Americanized thing that's coming over here slowly you know they have senior photos and prom photos and family portraits every single year that are framed and hung on the wall um, and I think us Brits are a bit like uh, what <laughs> what are you doing um, but I think it's it's slowly changing. Would you agree? Well, what do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, initially, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said it was vanity. I think there's a skill to taking photographs. I think also the digital age, the opportunity to take that quick shot and print it immediately and put it up on your wall is a luxury. Uh, but also having the time, somebody's put in the time to train their skill like you for example know exactly what photos are going to come out in the end and you know what you're looking at and you know that beauty I have just had a 
kind of professional photo shoot, you might say. Um, and I picked the lady because of her style and because I loved what she did instead of will she, will she make me comfortable? She did make me comfortable as a result, but I didn't go on personality over product. Oh, interesting. Was yeah. that a branding shoot or was that with the one you had with Oscar? No, branding, branding. Yeah, is I've just seen your Instagram. I was just checking out because I was checking out the podcast, obviously. Um, is that your new profile picture? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I really like it. She did a good job. Excellent answer. I, you're very kind. She, she, the look she has is what I wanted to emulate and so went with her. Would you say that majority of your clients come for your design or because they know you how how do you spread the word um so the majority of mine comes through word of mouth uh and they're all sort of based off recommendations which is very kind of them i had do i have to say i've got the loveliest clients going um and but it's never like if i see recommendations coming through on facebook something i've been tagged in them it's never evie because she's a lovely person it's evie because her work's beautiful um I think it does come into it, certainly your personality. You know, you have to be able to be a personable person. Uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase, um, but I do think people care more about the work that you can produce. Yeah. I think also as a photographer, as somebody who's been photographed, you have to have a level of bossiness and authority in a photo shoot because you're saying, smile, look forwards, turn your, turn yeah. your hips, whatever. Yeah. Or, your horse isn't paying any attention make it pay attention and that that comes with confidence and it comes with passion for the sport oh totally you as a I can so clearly remember when I first started I was like meekly asking people to sort of look at me and be like okay well if you want to smile that's great whereas now I'm like right put your horse over there no that's not working you need to bring him forward because I know that what they they have, well, they would have looked at my website and they would have gone, well, that's what we want. And I think it would be a disservice to them clients if I then didn't produce that because I wasn't, you know, happy for, to say to them, you just need to come forward a little bit. And, you know, that's the difference between getting the shots they want and, and delivering on what you've promised. Um, you know, like you say, it's, you have to have a little bit of bossiness, but you can always do that in a kind way. Um, and that's so that all that will come down to the photographer and how their mannerisms and how they work. Do you find for your shots, do you find inspiration from social media, Pinterest? Oh, totally, totally. I'm going through um, a, what would call, I think it's called like a gr pivoting and scaling season at the moment. Yeah, that's pretty big stuff. <laughs> um, because what I'm doing, what I'm shooting, where I'm going in my career is very much on the uphill and things are changing. Um, and in, to enable all of that change, Pinterest is where I'm living at the moment. I'm literally like, right, okay, so if I want to expand my portfolio and I want to shoot um, some photos of some small businesses, maybe a florist, that is where I go. And I'm like, right, florist photography. And I just find it's just got so much beautiful stuff. And um, that's what I always say to clients as well. Any clients that come in, I'm like, oh, if you've got any pictures that you love, give them to me, show them to me, and I will do my utmost best to recreate it in my own style. Or if they're like, I want um, this pose in front of the golden hour, perfect. 
you know what they're doing, I know what they're doing. Um, so it's a haven. I love Pinterest. Have you ever had any negative uh, client feedback? Um, I've had one which made me cry <laughs> because I'm, I'm no good at negative feedback. I'm really not. Um, the only one was just at a pony club camp one year and someone just told me that my prices were too much. Uh, and I think at the time... Um, I was potentially wrapping up my self-worth with the photography whereas like in the moment I was like oh my god this is the worst thing ever but then like a day or two later I could look at it subjectively and I could be like well if you can't afford me that's not really my problem. I think it's really interesting from a a business point of view rating yourself because you're not rating yourself on the three hours it takes you to take those photos or the 150 photos you get at the end of the photo shoot so I might look at it and say oh she's 150 quid for a pound of photo that's extortionate but in reality you're saying the travel the thought process I'm already emailing you you're like in a in a high-powered business every email would cost like from a consultancy point of view so why are you different so I guess the thing is I email you and then you reply if I take you on I'm already paying for that correspondence I'm paying for the customer service I'm paying for I mean you know but I'm paying for all those little tiny things that make the make you who you are yeah it's all the previous education we've invested in it's insurance like you say it's car costs it's equipment costs I mean we did our um we I didn't my accountant did my pre-trading expenditure for the year before I went officially self-employed so all the equipment um insurance for the year that I've had to buy came to just short of nine grand wow so it's like that's you know that's camera lenses um insurance for those laptops editing software hard drives memory cards um everything down to like even like camera straps are expensive so you know there's so many more costs than oh they're 150 quid that's a pound per image it's like the overheads are massive before you even set a foot out of the door but the memories that you get and those photos last forever yeah yeah and the and the worth of those so I tend, I try to charge on my impact because our worth as a human is completely infinite. We can't, we can't put a label on them ourselves as a money. Um, so my impact is that the memories that I create for them, the art I produce will eventually have no price tag on it. E.g., you know, if that horse passes away, um, you know, that might be your 13 year old daughter's like heart horse that photograph will have no that you will not be able to purchase that ever again um so when you look at it in that way it's like well actually you know the value is really significant there and as a member of your support team vicariously through the follower uh follower motion uh you produce a really good uh monthly in-depth newsletter that shows the behind the scenes of a photographer but also shows the personality that comes with the photographer tell us about the newsletter i um held off doing a newsletter for so long because i was like they're icky all they do is sell i hate it i personally only sign up to yours and 
probably like two or three other um, newsletters. So when I started at the start of the year, I was like, right, there has to be a value in this. There has to be, um, I hate the word strategic, but it's not a sales pitch. It has to be for some other purpose. And to me, it's just a way of communicating with people and building relationships, um, which I think is so incredibly important when you're a business, a businesswoman like I am, is that, you know, your interactions with these people should not just be you trying to sell to them. They are to build friendships and relationships. So, you know, after I, um, diving slightly away from the newsletter, but when I put about my post up about struggling with anxiety, um, you know, with, within an hour, I maybe had 30, 35 DMs. Um, and that might not be anything on your scale, but for me, that's huge. Of people, past clients, people I've never met before, just either checking in or um, relating to it and, being, and opening up about their struggles. And when I went through that, that really opened my eyes as to how much of an incredible network and community there is that I've built. Um, and to me, the newsletter is just a way of connecting with that community on a more personal um, level, I think. And you write in such a way that makes it feel like we're in the journey together and we're having coffee and we're enjoying ourselves. And what I love about the newsletter world is it is that one step further because you've, you as a consumer have handed over a very personal detail, mm. your email, and yeah. it's not, it should not be abused. And I think it's very true that the community that you build can be nurtured by the, I mean, yeah. my newsletter is solely about what I'm loving at the moment, but your newsletter brings that extra dimension of continuation of your thoughts, something that takes it away from the professionalism of the Evie Lewis photography social media which I also love, but I love knowing the behind the brand. Do you yeah. see that as quite a big deal for you in your business growth? I do, yeah. I think that it's incredibly important to have that um, step away from social media and to have an email list that one, you own, and two, like you say, you can nurture them in whatever way you think, because they, these email addresses are um, like little bits of treasure. You know, you can't people don't give them out you can't just take them um and you are trusted with them and i think what i also like about the email list is that you can control to an extent because you can't obviously control what happens at the end user but you know if there's someone on there that you're not comfortable seeing or you're not comfortable reading what you've opened up about you can remove them it's your list and equally if you're like this is just this perfect amount of people you know it can be an exclusive thing and it's a real place of trust, I think, on both sides. Absolutely, yeah. You use social media with ELP, as you so wonderfully yeah. uh, abbreviate. Uh, do you do you enjoy social media? Like, what's your use for it? Um, this is probably very controversial, but I don't actually enjoy social media that much. I enjoy using it for work. Um, but I think because I use it for work, I struggle with it on a personal basis. Um, you know, I have a personal account, which I share pictures of myself or my family and my friends. Um, but ELP is very separate uh, and very, uh, on a, yeah, on a work base. So I don't hang out there on a regular occurrence, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Dive deeper. Why don't you like it? <laughs> I just looked at you and I thought, oh, I regret saying that. Um, 
I think it's probably like I find it quite an overwhelming space. And I mean, I've recently cut my follow who I follow down from just short of a thousand to I think just over 400 people. Um, I've removed a lot of other photographers off there because I find myself playing the comparison game. Uh, and that's we've all done it. It's never a fun place to be in. Um, you know, and I as much as I can preach to my own mentoring clients that it's highlights real doesn't mean that we are any less susceptible to falling into that trap. So I think it's a, a I always have to protect myself from social media and have those boundaries in place. I agree. I think it's very interesting. I recently thought to myself, I don't actually know if I put it anywhere, but um, whether or not we actually crave that fantasy and we crave that hunt, that perfect life. And so that's why we get so addicted to it because it's very easy to put the, the vulnerable stuff up, but are we then thinking the vulnerability is for likes and follows? There's this catch 22 of like how authentically real can you be without somebody, as you say, like how somebody responds to what you've created is entirely up to them. It's nothing to do with you, but what, how you choose to consume things, are you always wanting the pretty or are you always going to go for an unpretty, but practical grid? Those are the questions. Mm -hmm. And I guess we, as a world of media obsessives, as I'm very happy to claim, uh, I don't want my reality. Like my reality is already my reality. I want the escapism. Mm, mm, massively. I would totally agree with that. And that I, I find Instagram big escapism. I always go to it in moments of anxiety because I want a distraction. Um, and what better distraction is there than to see um, what the local hum humming person's doing or... <laughs> they sound or, fun. That they are great fun or you know to see my friend out on her horse um it's a total escapism I completely agree would you say that Facebook is good for your clients as a photographer uh no it's the short answer on a slightly more longer answer I really don't like Facebook I really don't I don't think it's where my ideal client hangs out um and I just really detest it so I do the bare minimum and I just post my Instagram post to Facebook and I leave it at that. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I think the power for you and it comes with your work is, and the proof of your work and how you feel about your business. But um, I think the power of word of mouth is so, so intense. And actually yeah. like I can post a photo done by you and that's word of mouth. So actually it's not, it's not about how much you do your networking. It's about the product selling for you. Yeah. yeah. And I always think this as well is that with the client journey and the, and the experience that you give your client, I think word of mouth is incredibly important. Um, and it's probably the, the biggest driver in my business. I find that a lot of people will, so somebody will recommend and then they'll go, oh, um, she's got a website or have a look on her Instagram. And then I find the majority of the people contact me through Instagram. Um, and I really believe in like the no like and trust pillars. And I think that when people come in, I'll notice if someone follows me and I'll be like, I'll just have a little look at what, who they are, what they're doing. Um, and then I will notice over like the next two weeks. So whenever I put stories up, they'll be watching them. And I think that they're just trying to get a sense of who I am, what I'm doing, um, and figuring out if I'm the right photographer for them. And then like two weeks later, they'll uh, then slide into my DMs or they'll send me an email. And I'll be like, oh, I've seen you on the gram. Yeah. 
And I think that comes with the community build that you want to do. And you want to take pictures that last, not pictures that are a business enterprise. I'm not selling little products that don't have a long life. I am selling a bespoke experience from start to finish. And that's what I take pride in. And that's, um, that's what I want people to invest in. And I want them to invest wisely as well. I don't want them, you know, to say, oh, this person was great. But actually, you know, they get in and go, oh, actually, I didn't really enjoy it or it wasn't the right person for me. Um, because you will find that. You'll find that you don't get on with everyone and you have to pick the right person for you. Would you say that the photography world is becoming saturated? No, I would say that I always think of the photography world as like as like a triangle um, and there's different levels of the triangle. And, you know, you've got the best of the best of the creme de la creme at the top. Um, and that might be, you know, say four or five photographers in your niche. Then you've got, you know, they're level down and then they're level down. And probably you'll find at like levels four and three with hobbyists, semi-professionals, that that seems horrendously oversaturated because you've got people that haven't figured out their target market. They're trying to serve everyone and everyone. And they're not, um, they're probably not charging for their services either. So those bits are totally um, oversaturated. But when you get to the level, you know, I market myself as a luxury equine photographer, you know, it's so much more than just shooting some pictures. I find that at my level, there isn't too much oversaturation. It's just, there's just enough, I think, to cover the UK. As a hobbyist, would you recommend getting a photo shoot or would you recommend doing your own photos? Oh, get a photo shoot, always, always. If anything, it just gives you the experience of being photographed. Because once you've been photographed, you can relate to your clients so much better. You know, I had a photo shoot with my horse Tia a couple of years ago and she was horrible. She was horrendous. It was like having a snorting dragon on the end of the lead rein. And I was just panicking. I mean, it was only my friend taking them from uni, but I was like, oh my God, she's not behaving. She's being so myth naughty. Like she's not gonna be able to take the pictures. I'm not gonna get any nice pictures. This is going horrendously. And the next shoot I did, the client's horse was behaving a little bit naughty. And I just said to her, I was like, look, I know horses. I know he's being an asshole, but the pictures look lovely. Just take a breath, chill, let him have some grass. You know, we'll resume in five minutes. And the pictures were stunning. Um, but I think if I had I not been through that with my own horse, I would have just been a bit like, oh, well, you know, let's crack on. You know, I wouldn't have thought to reassure her. So you get a good insight, I think, when you get your own photos done. So demographic of equine photography clients more likely to be women? Mine have all been women. Yeah, and that's not through a lack of trying. I'm trying to get some men involved and uh, I'm not being very successful at the moment. So you are close, nearing in on the decade of evolution photography. What is the net yeah. business desire for you god there's so many i've got like such i've got so many like plans going on in my head and i just need to move to a deserted island so that i have time to do them all <laughs> <laughs> um there's online courses in the works there's workshops where you can actually come and shoot with me there's um uk travel plans so i can shoot further afield there's always book ideas on the go I've got a side business that I'm still like 
debating. I just need to have the confidence to go for it. Um, commercial photography is always developing. There's lots on the go. Just need to uh, pull my finger out. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier mentoring. Yeah, I absolutely love mentoring. It was something that was launched in February this year um, because I love to teach. I love working with people and showing them how to do things. And I love the satisfaction of watching people get it right. Um, like that just, I feel so fulfilled when I see that. Um, so mentoring I can do on Zoom. Uh, obviously as restrictions ease, that means we can do more face-to-face. -face. So I can do uh, mentoring for the local people of Suffolk. Um, and then yeah, workshops will be going ahead. I've got my first one on Friday big day who do you mentor equine photographers so anybody that's having struggles um doesn't matter whether you're 20 years into the game or you're you know two months into the game or you're just wanting to get started we go through everything from ideal clients to branding to website design to where to like social media ideas um to actually creating a beautiful portfolio and figuring out your style we can do everything that sounds amazing and what an opportunity because i know through not being an equine photographer but through spending hours on zoom as we were it was probably even facetime back in the i don't think zoom was even a thing when we used to chat god i was in my second year of uni so that's like that's like four years now yeah Oh my God. That's... You used to cover everything. Yeah. It was amazing. You've watched me fall out of love with Instagram more times than I've probably changed my knickers. Yeah, I have. It's been a learning yeah. curve for us all. <laughs> Marina would literally message me and be like, no, 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 about Instagram. I'd be like, oh my God, I don't, I'm not even on Instagram at the moment. Like, you just need to take this to someone else. <laughs> be like, excuse me, Evie, you're only here for one thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for Instagram chat. Would you say that starting a business alongside university gives you the space to ebb and flow and grow with it? I think it's the best thing I could have done because with business, you do go through these ebbs and flows, like you just said. Um, and because I think when, when you start a business, it gets so intense, you know, you get so on board and you're like, got to do this, got to do that, got to do everything. And then eventually you will burn out, like give it two weeks, six months, you'll burn out. And you need to have space and time just to put that on the shelf and recover um, and learn from that first burnout that you've experienced. I'm all about burnout 20 now and um, I'm not learning, but we stand with it. Um, whereas at uni, yeah, you just get that space to be like, OK, so I'm going to dive into business um, and I'm going to dive out again. And I'm just going to process what I've learned. And then when I've got the space to, and I've had the learnings, then I can go back in. Let's chat about photography myths. Okay, let's go. How many outfit changes do you recommend? And do you get annoyed with how quick, how many times people like to change? Uh, I always recommend three. And I do not get annoyed when people want to change I actually get annoyed when people say I've just got the one outfit and I'm like right I've literally recommended you bring three <laughs> because um obviously we never know what type of locations we're going to get when we turn up we have to think on the spot and if you have got limited locations 
then changing your outfits up give a completely different feel to the pictures. So, you know, you better to have too much than not enough and get more variety than not enough variety. We've done a photo shoot. Why do the prints not come back the next day? You've already taken the photos. Um, because us photographers are humans and we, we do have lives. Um, you know, we, we could have a sniffle that day. We could, um, we could have horses to ride. We, we could just want a rest. <laughs> so as us humans, we, uh, we, we, we do reserve the right to give a little bit of leeway as to when we'll deliver pictures. If I don't like the photos, can I get a refund? Oh, that's an issue I never want to deal with. If you have good reason to, then yes. Other than you just saying, I don't like what I'm wearing, because if you've chosen it, then you've chosen it. What happens if it's raining? Can we reschedule? Yeah, always, always free of charge. I'm not going to force anyone to stand out in the rain and have pictures looking like a drowned rat. Most of all, because I don't like to stand in the rain and my camera will break. So yes, we will reschedule. On average, how many photos would you bin from a photo shoot? Ooh, um, probably two thirds of them. So say I take 650, 600 photos in a session because I've got quick, I will fire probably two, three photos at a time to allow for things like blinking. Uh, remember we've got we've got horses we've got two sets of eyes here to look out for for blinking you would not believe the amount of horses i've had to photoshop open eyes into because they blink um so yeah probably like two thirds of them because probably one in every three is perfect and doesn't it doesn't need you know i don't I, the other two are spares effectively it's quite high well for every photographer shoots completely differently it is it is completely down to I, I would love to chat to other photographers about like how they shoot um but that's personally how I do it are you a dab hand with the settings of your camera or do you just press and shoot I'm a dab hand that photographer that camera feels like an extension of my arm now um you do get to a point where you can almost just guess settings looking at the light um and in my Sony camera, which is a mirrorless, when you hold the camera up to your eye, it has what's electronic viewfinder, which basically rather than a DSLR, which uh, shows you a mirror of what the lens sees, the electronic viewfinder shows you what the actual picture will come out as. So if it's gonna be overexposed, what you see through the viewfinder will be completely white. Um, the same as if it's underexposed, it'll be, it'll be black. So as you're changing the settings, it will physically show you the picture as um, as it changes so it's almost impossible to take a bad picture at that point so any any rough ones that i take are, are completely through my laziness that is so sexy that you know those things by sight so oh good. god do you know what i better start telling my boyfriend that i have got some sexy qualities about me <laughs> such as okay i am a walking talking light meter me <laughs> that's all he's been looking for Oh, that's, that's on the top of his list. What would you say is your ultimate measure of success in your business? Where I'm at a place where I can ride every week. I am doing shoots and I'm not being... I feel like if, if, I, if I feel at heart like I've got my freedom um, and the stress of running a company is taken away, then I feel like that's success for me. It's not... Um, 
having X amount of shoes. It's not having selling X amount, having enough to get by whilst having my happiness to me is the biggest measure of success. Amazing. And I'm also aware that there was only one myth in that list of myths. It was really rather a quick fire question about photo sheets. Evie, you are fantastic. And I love your business approach. And I love what you bring to, although you hate it, social media. Where can we find you on the internet? Firstly, thank you very much. It's always a joy. Secondly, you will find me hanging out on Instagram, uh, Evie Lewis Photography. Um, I have my website. I also have Facebook, but as I've just previously stated, I'm not really there. So Instagram's the one. <laughs> and can we sign up to your newsletter on your website? OMG, yes. There is multiple call to actions to sign up to my, um, my newsletter on my website. Uh, you can also sign up via the link in my bio because I'm not cool enough yet to have a swipe up. Brilliant. And to end every podcast, I ask my guest the same five questions. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> we'll start off with the question you've been dreading the most. What would world peace look like to you? Right. Tough questions. I'd recommend for the next season you change this question. <laughs> for me, it's... Um, I would like to see a significant change within our use of plastics, uh, gender equality massively, uh, and for there to be positive movement forward with climate change. And I know those are very vague, but I feel like I'm not an expert, um, but those are my three points that I would really like to see some improvement on to move towards world peace. Does the plastic, better use of plastic coincide with the uh, climate change? Yeah, I think they do They do link quite significantly. Um, because as we reduce our single-use plastics, they won't be ending up at the bottom of the ocean. And I know that's a very, very simplistic view on it. I am very aware. Um, but they are related, yes. How do you contribute as Evie Lewis Photography to better use of plastic? Uh, I have a very nice Chili's ELP personalised water bottle, which I take around everywhere with me. Um, I drive a very economically nice car. I don't use single-use plastics. Um, and the gin that I devour by the bottle is in a glass bottle, which I do feel like really does contribute. I'd have to agree there. Well, how you Thank take you. your gin is very serious. I agree how your gin, what form your gin is held in is very key, which leads us naturally on to, how do you take your drink? Is it alcoholic or soft? Well, I've written two answers down for you. Uh, if I'm having an alcoholic beverage, it will be a Tarquin's gin with elderflower fever tree tonic water, sugar-free if I can, uh, not that I'm picky. Um, and B, if I'm just having a soft drink, I won't have, I don't drink tea or coffee. Uh, uh, the idea is abhorrent to me, but I will, have a glass of cold water with a slice of lemon. Oh, well. I love water. Like, I love water. That's all I drink, really. Mm. What is your favourite adjective? Oh, I got two. Okay. This is what I say to my horse when she's being an idiot. Uh, obtuse. You're being really obtuse today, Tia. And the other one is when um, someone's being a little bit funny with me. I'll say they're feeling in a rather tenacious mood today. 
tenacious mm. i like it uh, i just remember this one so i'll throw this one out if anyone wants some good adjectives cantankerous as well that's a good word what on earth does that mean um well you're feeling rather cantankerous today verena it's like uh you're a bit like bullshit a little bit moody a little bit throwing your weight around wow to me joy is sitting on the patio of park row in the sun trap with a gin and tonic with the people that I love. Would you choose ultimate wealth or ultimate love? Ultimate love. Thank you so much, Evie. It's been fascinating. I am very much looking forward to next month's newsletter already. And uh, can't wait to see you on the gram where you are very rarely there, but when you are there, you bring great content. Thank you so much. That is that is a very high t- uh, compliment from you. I'm very impressed with that. Well, take it. Might be the last one. (laughs) Thank you very much for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more, please do write a review. It's super handy for feedback. Also, dive on in and listen to the other podcasts in this series. The guests are excellent. I bet you'll love it. Tag me on Instagram, girlabouttheyard, and let me know where you are in the world. I love seeing where you listen from. All the show notes for more information can be found on girlaboutthyard.com forward slash podcast.